Following episode of Critical Weave Theory has some pretty heavy content warnings. Sexism, abuse, sexual assault, homophobia, and suicide. There'll also be some pretty mild spoilers to Wonder Egg Priority and Jujutsu Kaisen, and some more moderate spoilers of Redo of Healer. Enjoy! This is not a problem I have when I talk about things I absolutely despise. Uh, we're going to get mm-hmm. to those, and we can very cleanly break apart what bad shows do bad. But I feel like it's probably a problem with me that I can't like fully encapsulate why I love One Direct Priority so much. Nah, I think I, I think one of the one of the best things about um, One Direct Priority is that. I, I feel like every person who watches this is going to have like an experience in their own life that they relate to, and that experience is going to be different than the other person. And so because of that, how how egg affects them is going to be really different. Um, hello, 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 hello. Did you miss us? We miss you, nebulous reviewer. That's right. We're building parasocial relationships here and further incentivizing the hellhole to which our world is following, in which we never know who are or aren't our friends. I'm Raghava, my pronouns are anything other than he or she. And I'm Mo, Um, my pronouns are he, him, his, and I'm a little bit concerned about how we started this podcast but you know what <laughs> it is it is absolutely wonderful to be back i can say that did you know we almost named this the hot take mm. thank god we didn't critical weeb theory is so much better critical weeb theory because i i think like the the thing about the podcast is just like i mean the podcast name is that we just had to come up with like a name right and we were like what what is it and we were, we were this close to just calling it, like, hot takes. Um, then I, I think it was you that was just, like, critical weave theory. And I was like, <gasps> critical weave theory. And you were like, critical weave theory. And then it's just, <laughs> it's what we went with. Beautiful. It is not just what we went with. It is our soul, our identity. It is the song of which we are, the notes of I'm going to stop talking now. We're going to start talking about anime, <laughs> right? But just real quick on Critical Weave Theory. Um, by the time this episode is released, um, we should be on Podbean and iTunes. I just wanted to thank uh, everyone who um, subscribed to my Patreon recently because uh, it, you guys literally made the difference between having this up on like a podcasting service or not. Like it. I know it doesn't really seem much, like $5, $1, $15, but like it it actually is. It, it was the difference, and I'm just really happy that um, this podcast is actually like uh, growing to, um, or not necessarily growing, but like reaching the people who would be interested in it. So thank you, thank you, mm-hmm. thank you so much. Let's move on to our first topic of the day. Do, 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 do. And that topic is egg. Hey. <laughs> Let's um, talk about you, fucking egg. Let's do it. Uh, yeah, if you haven't heard about Wonder Egg Priority, I wonder. <laughs> you wonder. I, I was trying to make a pun, 
Yeah, it, it didn't work out. Um, anyway, mm-hmm. uh, I highly recommend it. Uh, show's great. It's very heavy. It is a um, current uh, winter 2021 uh, show. It's about children dealing with abuse. Yeah. So... Um, let's just get the premise out of the way first, and then we will go into all Um, the reasons why we not only love this show, but um, it definitely... It is a... Despite not having seen any of the other shows that that this year has to offer, it is pretty easily up there for animated year. Yeah, and we're going to try to um, keep the spoiler free as best as we can. Oh, yeah. But you really should just, if you haven't seen it, you should just stop watching this episode and go watch Wonder Egg and then come back. Don't worry, we're not offended. Okay, uh, Wonder Egg Priority um, it stars a high schooler named I, who's kind of um, she's gone uh, hikikomori after she lost uh, her best friend uh, to to suicide. Um, and when she goes to sleep, uh, she enters a dream world where um, she's given an egg. And when she cracks the egg, um, someone is hatched from the egg. And they're basically dealing with some sort of form of trauma and abuse. And I needs to protect this kind of person uh, from uh, from the form of abuse that they that they uh, that they experience uh, as soon as they hatch. And then she she needs to work together with this person to defeat like the central trauma in this person's life. Um, and yeah, that's kind of like every episode. There's another egg. They gotta crack it. They gotta uh, figure out what the trauma is. And how to hit it really hard, and also like how to understand it. Um, yeah, I feel like that is the most description I can do before we start getting into spoilers, and we're gonna try and keep the spoiler free. What makes Egg so good is that its characters are incredibly well written and well defined, and that the way they react and behave in response to the various trauma inflicted upon them is natural in a way if we want to break down what makes wonder egg priority so good i think it's generally um it's generally three main things um it's uh character interactions so like the little moments between the characters that kind of sell them as like real and absolutely adorable people um who you would like uh who you could actually imagine existing (laughs) In like mm-hmm. reality, this is this is I, I think a a big problem with anime uh, is that um, a lot of the time uh, you get character archetypes, right? And these archetypes are uh, while uh, while recognizable and familiar, um, they don't feel like people. They feel like some. They feel like androids. You know, like firing off a script right so if somebody's like the cinder archetype then you know she's gonna be like i don't like you and then she's gonna blush and then she's gonna be like but i do like him and then she's gonna get mad whenever he does anything whenever she gets embarrassed and at the end of the day she's gonna like there's gonna be some like big moment and she's gonna go yeah blah, 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 right and 
There are characters in the show that I think are like cold and like kind of hot headed and stuff like that. And probably in a general sense, I'm not saying we'll like never see a Cinderella or we'll never see like a like a like any other archetypes that we have. But what I am saying is that they're not gonna feel like that. You know, they're just gonna feel like you have I, you have whatever other girl she's with, um, and it's just gonna feel like I and this other person. And that's just, that is something I appreciate. Uh, the second one is just how the show looks. It looks really good. So I want you to think about, like, your favorite anime. And I want you to think about, like, like the scene, right? Like, the scene where the animators and uh, the storyboarders and the voice actors, and they all just came together and they put all of their budget and all of their effort just to deliver, like, 30 seconds to one minute of, like, pure mastery on the screen. Wonder Egg priority is that, but all the time. Just all the time. It is It is at um, its baseline level of quality is every other show's, like, try-hard level of quality in terms of just the way it, like, looks and feels. Like, the sound design um, is spectacular. You, when you watch the show, you just... I, I do, um, if you follow me on Twitter, um, I do like reaction threads to Wonder Egg Priority. And I, I, I feel like, uh, I, I mean, I'm doing the thread for you guys. So like, I, I try my best to like give, um, I try my best to give like what would be like, I guess, useful insight into the show or just like how I feel or just like react. But it is actually really hard for me to react to the show um, because the show doesn't it naturally doesn't want you to pause and comment on it it just wants you to experience it right because it is just it is at that level of quality where you just kind of sit and like like your mouth is kind of like open a little like a gape like holy shit the show is fantastic right the final thing um is like the way it handles like deep topics like it is incredibly mature um for a show about a bunch of high schoolers just kind of like bumbling through life it understands people and it has things to say about things it's doing things and stuff you know like i say on twitter i wanted to say something about this here what i think absolutely wonder egg priority does really well and perhaps more importantly does at all is it tells these stories about the abuse leveled against young girls from the perspective of those people Uh, and i think it's very important because a lot of times if these stories are included at all they're included as side stories and if they are included as side stories and again, obviously, there are definitely other anime that do this, and very possibly other anime I haven't seen that do this. But most of the time, uh, conversations surrounding you know uh, these sorts of heavy topics are generally focused the protagonist who is not directly involved in these topics. Uh, who is not themselves the survivor of abuse and thus it is always like 
an outside looking in perspective and not one that truly understands the complexities of the subject matter or what it does to people. Right. Or just like it doesn't it never forces you to be in the position of the victim, right? Um, I was thinking as a comparison, we could look at something like a sword art online and the way it handles abuse, which is poorly, constantly, all the time, much to my chagrin, right? <laughs> but like, um, like, sword art online will usually have like a woman or like a girl or something like be abused or attacked. And then it's always, um, I would say with the exception of like season two, but like, uh, it's fine. But it's basically always, um, uh, somebody is, uh, assaulted. And then the person you're empathizing with is the person that saves her. Right. And so you don't, you never really get, like, even if the show says, which SAO does say that like assault is bad and abuse is bad. Right. Um, you don't hear that from the woman you hear it from the other male characters and so it's almost as if like we're we're like anti-sexist or we're we're against um uh the assault of like non-men uh because it's good for us right well good good for not not us between like the two of us but like us between like me and like other men right um but it's like no that's not that's not why it's like <laughs> we want to create a we want to create a world that's like better for everybody um and part of that needs to be uh, hearing these kinds of stories uh, written by and for and um centering the people who are actually being attacked right and so uh the way wonder egg priority like puts you in the position of like um how do I, how do I, uh, there's, um, there's an episode I sort of want to talk about, but I'll do it without spoilers. Um, there's one person in an episode who's like, um, abused by like a mentor. Um, and she, when she's around, I, she talks about how, um, she's always like being yelled at, she's being hit, she's being like berated for her body. Right. But then when she's in the presence of her mentor, she like, she kind of folds and she like blames herself for everything. And she says, yes, you're right. You know, yes, I know you love me. Yes. I know that you're doing everything for my sake. Yes. I'm sorry. Blah, blah, blah. And you're like in the position, like where I think if, if people have experienced this sort of like treatment, the thing that happens when like, like when you're abused, like the abuser, like rewrites, you know, your thoughts, right. They, they control how you think about yourself, which is probably one of the scariest things that happens. And this show just does it absolutely perfect. I, I think one thing that we can talk about is, like, detail. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, do you remember the, the one scene uh, where Ai's, like, on the... She's on the phone, basically. And, like, all... There's this one scene where, like, Ai is, like, talking to someone um, through a speaker. And she can't really hear him. Um... She can't really hear what she's saying, and like in a normal, sh- like in a normal show, this would really not be that that big of like a deal visually because it's simply like a plot point. She's trying to talk to someone, she can't talk to someone. But the way um, Egg treats the show, and this little moment, it's like you can see her. She's like struggling to hear. She like moves in, she moves closer, she moves back and forth. She kind of bobs around. She kind of taps at the speaker, right? And it's just, 
even in these moments that are like purely functional like okay we only need this scene to tell people how the plot works and we only need this scene to move to a different scene like egg will like use it to tell you more about character um and that's just it is it is it's art it's art like all, all anime is art but this is like art right you know what i mean <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like art in the sense that um, it is just astoundingly beautiful. I feel like every time I try to say something about why it is so meaningful or impactful in an analytic manner, all I end up saying is like, just watch Wonder Egg Priority. It's very, 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 very good. Um, and this is not a problem I have when I talk about things I absolutely despise. Uh, we're gonna get mm-hmm. to those, and we can very cleanly break apart what bad shows be bad. But I feel like it's probably a problem with me that I can't like fully encapsulate why I love Wonder Egg Priorities so much. Nah, I think I, I think one of the one of the best things about uh, Wonder Egg Priority is that. I, I feel like every person who watches this is going to have like an experience in their own life that they relate to, and that experience is going to be different than the other person. And so because of that, how how egg affects them is going to be really different. And I am I am I am excited for when egg ends and everyone uh, <laughs> I've been calling it egg Twitter, <laughs> but basically me and um, a bunch of the people I follow, uh, and a bunch of the people who follow me, who all just have eggs in the bio on Twitter because of because of fucking Wonder Egg priority. It's egg Twitter now. Um, but anyway, I can't wait for. Basically, everyone's gonna have like a different take, um, and it is going to be like really emotional and beautiful to see like what people have to say and like what people have to write. Um, I don't know. This is not. It's not usually the type of show that um, I analyze because it's like I feel like people want more like ideology and like political stuff from me but um, it is nonetheless just like it's going to be an anime that like people remember it's going to be an anime that like affects people and that's like when when you're making art that's all you want right That, that at the end of the day like to make an impact on someone else yeah if we weren't doing a spoiler-free uh, segment, I think we'd have a lot more to talk about. We would, but I know people are some. This is just us telling you to watch it. It is, it is, it is, it is. The other winter 2020 anime. Listen, next to Egg, there isn't really a whole lot that like compares. And that's not like really slandering winter 2020. Winter 2020 is it's a fairly alright season for the most that's part. Some- it must have yeah. at least one other good show. I'm only watching Egg it's got because um, yeah. it isn't my nature to only watch one thing this season. Last season I watched two things, which was a pretty marked improvement, to be honest. But I mean, we sort of... Like, we watched JJK for a bit until, like, Akudama Drive and Moriarty to Patriot were a lot more interesting than JJK. JJK is still good, though. Jujutsu Kaisen is a thing I'm still having fun with. Um, 
I would, in talking about Jesus Kaisen, I would uh, note again that it is definitely like a problematic fave because for everything it does that's like really, really good, um, there is something else it does that is uh, kind of, yeah. It's kind of like, dang, I, I really wish you weren't doing this right yeah, now. There's some, like, if Fridge was a character ones that I really wish it didn't do. But overall, yeah. it is still, like, a well within my tolerance level. And when it's popping off, it's... um Anyway, anyway uh, Jujutsu Kaisen is really good. Episode 15 was the highlight of Jujutsu Kaisen for me. Um... Not because I think episode 15 was the best episode, but because whoever, like, did the soundtrack for episode 15, like, really nailed it. The soundtrack was good enough that I made Mo uh, Levers watch it twice. Yeah, we watched it two two times in a row, and we were temporarily not friends, because (laughs) I wouldn't watch it a third time in a row. (laughs) I just need someone to release the Jujutsu Tyson soundtrack specifically for episode 15 alone. It will be a very happy person because it was very good. There were some really nice tracks on it. Um, yeah. Jujutsu Kaisen, it does have, like, I can't say it's like a socialist or like basically theory sort of story, but it's got some leftist undertones to it, especially with like Nanami Kento. There's a there's a salaryman uh, in the in the show Nanami Kento. Um, who's apparently supposed to be a villain this is this is like interesting information he was supposed to be a villain who he basically he he works for um a consulting firm he he helps rich clients make more money on the stock market and stuff like that well, right he worked um and yeah. he no longer yeah worked and he hate yeah no longer works and he now he's a now he's a sorcerer mm-hmm. right uh, but when he worked at the consulting firm, he hated his job. He made a lot of money, but waking up every day, going to sleep, doing something where he rightly, um, doing something that he rightly characterizes as like not useful to society. Yeah, I think what really tells me a lot about Kaisen's priorities is when Nanami Kento describes that his job, his former job as a stock market broker was to make rich people even richer. And yet his job, which is further removed from the natural cycle of life than that of a baker, is somehow paid more. Right. And yeah. I think He says something he says something to the effect of like, if every baker disappeared, there would be like everyone would notice because that's where their food comes from. But if every stockbroker disappeared, literally no one would care. Yeah. Yeah. Because stockbroking is, like, removed from, like, the things people do that matter in their lives. And that part was, that was, like, really good. And it was really, it was re- it was a really welcome addition to a show that was already uh, strong. Nami Kenta oh, was already yeah. the best character from the moment he was introduced. Easily, easily. And he continues to be the best character in every subsequent moment. Mm-hmm. I would say my running contention with Jujutsu Kaisen is that I can't I can't see Nobara do things. Okay, <laughs> listen, Nobara was introduced 
Um, she's like the female lead. She was introduced in episode three. Um, and she had a really cool fight sequence in that episode. Where she, her powers are like using needles and like cursed energy to like, uh, uh, to like defeat her opponents. And she's basically like, she's got a really interesting motivation of just like, she's like a country girl and she just wants to like live in the city. And then she figured, oh, okay, I can, I can do this sorcery shit just so I can like move to Tokyo and stuff, right? Like that's like her whole thing. And her personality is just really, um, it, I, I, I think personally, she's like really lovable and like a, like a well-rounded and fleshed out character. But ever since episode three, we haven't seen... Yeah, she does. But since episode three, we haven't seen her do things. We're told she's doing things And we see the aftermath of her thing, her having done things. Yeah. But we don't get to see her. Like, Mm -hmm. male characters will get, like, an extended, like, fight sequence. They'll get, like, like, on-screen character development and stuff like that. And, like, weirdly enough, Novara will just cut to her after a fight or before a fight or something. And then we're, we're going to be told that, oh, she was training really hard and stuff like that. And It's not even true, I think, just for male characters. There are, like, other female characters who get to fight. But, um, yeah, I think in the latest episode, the fight between Mila and Maki was, like, mm-hmm. there for a bit, but not really. While yeah. the fight between Panda and Nakamari, which don't get me wrong, that was really cool. Um, speaking of which, and by the way, that fight was you're great. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that fight was a, that fight was absolutely exceptional, though. It was a really yeah. good fight, and it and it's and it had a lot to say um, about like I, I can't say how good it was, but it tried to say things about like disability. Um, had a lot to say about just like what these two characters are like doing um and like how they're um how they like view life and stuff it was really good but like why are you doing this at the expense of the female characters you know i want to see them too i I, you got me invested in them i want to return on that investment that's all i don't know it's redo time Yep. Ew. <laughs> okay, redo of Healer is by far the worst shit um, I have ever seen. Uh, I want to start, I want to start, uh, before we really get into redo of Healer, one, yes, it's bad. Two, yes, we know, you know, it's bad. The reason I think it's important to break down why we do a healer is bad is one because we do a healer is popular and it's going to be popular in spite of what we do about it for worse um Absolutely. until it is forgotten this is the number one trending show in japan um incredibly popular in the united states yeah so on that note i feel like if it is already popular we're not making it any more popular by talking about it. And so we at least have an obligation to, like, look into it's it. It's going to get, like, what? Break it down. 500 views on a good day? Like, mm-hmm. And okay. one of the things <laughs> we're going to be trying to talk about here, um, if you've been following Mo's Twitter at all, he's said this a couple of times. But uh, 
there is definitely a big part of Beauty of Killer's popularity is the sort of manufactured outrage where people explicitly prop up Redo of Healer because it makes the environment hostile to anyone to like basically everyone um when I watch Redo of Healer with Mo because I don't think anyone should have to watch the show alone I find it incredibly triggering and basically deeply uncomfortable the entire time just because of like the depth of abuse and assault being like brought up in the show, right? And so by saying right. like, this is the anime and making it incredibly prevalent in anime spaces, it makes the like this is the anime that proves that uh, you are you are like some savant of like anime culture, right? Like it's this one. Um, it is, to put it lightly, we haven't actually described what happened. Well, we'll get there, but it makes it very yeah, sure. gatekeeping. Uh, mm-hmm. The other thing I want to note is what we discuss in Redo of Healer isn't in any way, shape, or form unique to Redo of Healer. And I think in many cases, talking about the most extreme example of the problematic trope makes the more subtle examples re- more recognizable. With that being said, you want to talk about Redo Healer? All right, Redo Healer. Yeah, let's go. Um, so there, if I did this correctly, um, there will be content warnings at the beginning of this episode. Um, but this is, uh, although Redo of Healer, it, it's kind of funny in the sense that, like, it's just such an off the wall show. It is, like, deeply hateful and deeply disturbing. So I want to reiterate, um, we're talking about assault, we're talking about abuse, we're talking about homophobia, um, we're talking about basically anything that could ruin your day is here. So if you're, like, in a bad spot right now, please just, it's okay. Thanks for listening this far. Um, I do love you. Take care of yourself. Um... So, Redo of Healer, um, it stars um, a protagonist. I won't bother remembering their names, it's fine. Um, but it, it essentially stars uh, uh, a protagonist in a fantasy setting who is, um, who, uh, is essentially recruited by uh, the royal uh, military or whatever um, to become a hero. Right? And it turns out he has an incredible aptitude for healing magic. Right? So he uh becomes the hero at first thinking that um you know he gets to he gets to heal people he gets to be he gets to travel the world he gets lots of money blah 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 but he quickly realizes two things um thing number one uh whenever he heals people he also gets the trauma of all of their wounds right so if you got your arm chopped off he can heal your arm but he feels like he just got his arm chopped off right and he feels all those emotions that were attached to it. Um, number two, uh, and this is perhaps the more important thing, uh, the people who adopt him from the royal capital um, are uh, abusers. Uh, they uh, physically abuse him because they don't consider a healer to be like useful, um, even though he heals all their wounds and objectively makes their party stronger. Uh, well, I, 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 
I'll get it. I'll get into so, this. <laughs> okay. So one thing I really want to say very early on here is that when we say that the protagonist of Redo of Healer is reprehensible and what he does is cruel and unjustified, that doesn't mean that he wasn't abused. In fact, Redo of Healer shows a very clear picture of very, like, sharp abuse. It's deceptive, though, the right? Issue because comes, the yeah, like the issue comes. The abuse is only there so that you don't criticize the protagonist. The abuse is there to justify the the abuse inflicted upon the protagonist of Age of Healer is there to justify the abuse he inflicts on others. Um, mm -hmm. We saw this with Shield Hero. We will see this again. It is very common in. Shows a lot of these that have toxic, toxic these ideologies, controversial anime, like, yeah. um, for example, fascism, um, need to be justified because no one's just down for you know what uh, the protagonist of Redo of Healer does, which is you know completely brainwash a person and take away her agency. We'll get to it, um, um, but even like if you're talking about shows like that, like Goblin Slayer, right. Uh, remember in like the first episode of Goblin Slayer, there's like uh, the scene where all the goblins um, sexually assault a pretty white lady, right? And like the purpose of that is to establish the goblins as so unbelievably reprehensible that essentially committing genocide against them is a perfectly fine and okay thing to do, right? Which is what the Goblin Slayer, and as the name implies, what he ends up doing. And um, again, we're not saying that in that show, um, Jenna like in that the show goblins weren't perhaps, bad or right or that in that show it wouldn't be logical to kill off the goblins but rather what we're pointing out is you made nothing... up a situation which just genocide was justified right right why right. <laughs> why do you do that so it's not why do you feel the need because it's not a morally neutral choice to write the goblins that way writing mm -hmm. the goblins that way and depicting the other that way is itself the point we are critiquing and here in Redo yeah. of Healer again we are critiquing why did you set it up such that exactly um, so I'll continue with the summary real quick uh, uh, the hero at first he um, no the protagonist at first he is um uh, made dependent on like a special addictive drug uh, to the point where uh, he kind of will do he loses his mind and he will do anything uh, to get more of the drug uh, and then um, he's uh, sexually assaulted by not just um, the leader of the party uh, who's um, a princess uh, to the royal capital of course we'll talk about that um, he's assaulted by um, a lot of the other uh, female adventurers who need his uh, bodily fluids to gain um, XP. Yeah, that's another thing. He, he, when you ingest his bodily fluids, you gain benefits, um, but only if you're a woman. Uh, the men also have um, the men also rape him, 
uh, but they do it uh, because they're gay. And surprise, the author hates gay people. Um, this was uh, confirmed, I think, in a tweet uh, from the author himself. But yeah, it, it doesn't... Like, we have evidence in the show, but, like, the author has basically said that, like, homosexuality is, like, widespread throughout this kingdom. And that's why all the male knights just want to, like, rape people. Because, you know, that's what he thinks... Um, of um, gay and lesbian people, unfortunately. Um, so, anyway, uh, in his party, uh, he gets that a lot. He's physically beaten. He's um, sexually um, taken advantage of. Uh, he's treated like um, trash um, day in, day out, every day. Um, so what he does is he spends the next few months while he's being abused, learning all kinds of powers and tricks to heal things. Um, it gets a little out of control. Uh, he has an instant kill healing, corruption healing. I don't know how... I, I don't... He has a healing that can transform his body parts to gain other people's powers. He has a, a, a teleportation healing, I guess. Um, he has all sorts of healing powers that do not heal whatsoever. Um, but he learns them anyway. Um, and he becomes literal, quite literally one of the most powerful beings um, in this world. Um, he kills uh, the demon lord, because there's always a demon lord. And uh, he uses a special artifact, and he says, I'm going to go back in time. I'm going to heal the world and go back in time uh, so that uh, now I can, uh, I can, like, exact my revenge right on all the people uh, who raped uh, and abused me right so he goes back in time and then he basically sets himself on a path uh he does most of these events again um then uh, the first thing he does is he rapes the the princess who abused him then he uh brainwashes her and makes her his servant uh then he buys a slave um and now he's going on a rampage to try and get the 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 other people in the party um, who abused him. The other two, of course, uh, one's a lesbian and the other's a gay guy. Um, and they both um, physically and sexually assaulted him. Um, so he's going after them next. Uh, that's the that's the state of redo for the time being. Uh, let's unpack because there's quite a there's quite a few things here. I guess the first thing I want to unpack is it's very easy to break apart the logical inconsistencies of Redo of Healer because the show makes no mm. sense. Healing mm. in Redo of Healer is not healing by any conventional means. Uh, the protagonist talks like he's the weakest character in the world, even though he's very obviously the strongest. And, uh, and because he's are, the strongest, it wouldn't make sense for anyone else to even treat him the way they do. People are if they know anything about healing and its potentials. And even if they do, they just come off as irrational and delusional in the way they dismiss the healing. But none of those are really the problems with redo of healer. And I feel like in hyperfixating on those problems in specific, you fall into a trap where it almost starts to seem like if we do of here were more competently written it would be okay but it's not it's just terrible and also poorly written 
the last point I think is of interest because it is the way Reader of Hitler frames hatred, where the hatred levied against the protagonist is irrational and unjustified. He does everything he's asked, and it's always good, and they hate him and abuse him anyway. Whereas the hatred he levels against the others in order to abuse them and subjugate and, you know, do very fascisty things because where Shield Hero was, you know, a libertarian and cap nightmare, a Hitler is definitely more of a authoritarian bent. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, to be honest, it's such like a, it's such, it's like the oldest trick in the fucking bad anime book. Like, I've seen this, like, a million times, and so it, it gets me a little concerned when I see, like, the people who defend Redo of Healer, like, bringing up these arguments as if they, like, matter, or as if I haven't seen them, right? Um, it, it, the show, first and foremost, and the reason why the bad logical things don't really matter is because the show, first and foremost, is a vehicle um to justify uh sexual abuse that's it like i I wrote about uh, shield hero and how like the entire show or at least um the very beginning like the first four episodes and like a couple episodes after that like those episodes are kind of uh, they're built to do nothing else but to justify the master-slave relationship between uh raftali and naofumi right um and likewise uh with Redo of Healer, everything that is written in this show only exists to justify the scenes where um, uh, the healer buys a slave, the healer rapes someone, the healer attacks someone, um, this and that. Um, and you can kind of tell with how the uh, how the story is set up, right? So, for example, um, when the healer goes back in time, he goes back in time to before he's been abused, right? So meaning, um, he's punishing people for crimes they have not committed yet, but rather for crimes they will commit, right? Um, he, he decides at the beginning um, to someone who at that point does not know him uh, that he's going to do this and that. Uh, he could just as easily decide nah, I just don't, I'm going to go back in time. And I'm just, when they call me from town and they say, do you want to be a hero? I'm just going to tell them no, right? Or he can decide that, you know, maybe I want to get a bunch of group of people, storm the capital, you know, what? <laughs> that's a little bit of a loaded phrase. <laughs> but do you understand what I mean, right? Like, actually, these people shouldn't be in charge because they're abusers, right? There's a very telling moment in the second episode when he comments on how the capital was built upon the backs of the indigenous people whose land was stolen, right? Yeah. They're like enslaved and they lived a second and they live as second class right. citizens. But and here's the critical thing. One, it never comes up again because we do healer doesn't actually care about indigenous people's rights. Indigenous people's rights is just an excuse we do of healer uses to justify fucking over the nobility of this city, right? Um, 
which is which is really fucked up because it's very important and like as we know in the real world um the indigenous people especially of the americas had had their land stolen and have not gotten it back and they are still currently facing the ongoing effects of american imperialism colonialism and well settler colonialism right all of that is still in place but perhaps even more importantly, well, a little bit less importantly, now, uh, not now for me, uh, the protagonist doesn't move to liberate these people and make the world a better place for everyone. He moves to make the world a better place for himself. He also buys a slave. He he just, he just, you know, <laughs> the show is talking about like how awful how they put all these indigenous people into slavery and then two episodes later he just he just buys one you know <laughs> and he and he says like well we need someone who does everything i say exactly the way i say it all of the time um uh because we can't trust anyone else blah 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 if you've read any of my um shield hero things you'll know that this is par for the course for how these shows usually go they they create an atmosphere where like everyone is like an like an irrationally terrible person for no reason no one can be trusted and so therefore um you can only you can only trust people who you directly control right um like why does uh not to not to keep bringing back um shield hero because i, I recognize that like maybe a lot of you haven't like seen it um Good. But, uh, don't yeah don't <laughs> but uh one thing that shield hero does is it 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 has um its slave character um raftalia um she's freed from slavery uh, but she chooses to become a slave again which <sighs> okay it's i I've, I've written about this already it's bad because like no you can't choose to become a slave like you can't choose to, like give up your autonomy and freedom that's not like a fair choice um she as a, as a discriminated member of society her options are literally um be a slave with this one person and get fed and and treated well or like live on the street and be harassed and die so it, it's not like a choice that she's making between like being a slave or not right but the second thing um is is the way it's framed when raftalia decides she wants to be a slave it's framed as raftalia proving to naofumi that she can be trusted because she's willing to submit herself completely to his will and she trusts him to not use that power in a way that is bad and the only positive male female relationships in shield hero are ones where essentially the girl um the girl accepts that she has to submit to Nalfin. so likewise uh with a redo of healer um you have these characters like uh for example uh princess flair who's like the princess who um, abuses him in a past life uh after she gets her memories wiped by um, the protagonist um she could be she becomes uh freya who is like his personal servant um who he makes her believe that uh she loves him um and will do anything for him um, and it's completely devoted to her. And, and and she says yes she's also a lot less intelligent this is something that um uh, i noticed when i was talking with a couple other people but like 
Uh, she's like noticeably less like uh, cunning, right? Uh, and uh, sexually too, which is which is the which is the other thing. Um, sexually too, she's a lot less um, intimidating. Uh, she just kind of like, okay, God, okay, this is gonna be this is gonna be uh, a weird point, but I do think it's important. Um, uh, uh, I do think it's an important thing to understand. So, a lot of um, the sex scenes in Redo. So Redo is like it's it's sexually explicit, unlike um, Shield Hero. Uh, Redo is sexually explicit. So a lot of the sex scenes uh, in Redo of Healer are from when um, he was from when the protagonist was being abused, and uh, in those scenes uh, we have. A lot of the time, it's uh, the princess um, being like, like sexually aggressive. Like she initiates things. She makes um, she makes the protagonist do things that she doesn't want to do, that he doesn't want to do. Um, uh, there's this one really uh, outrageous part where <laughs> she <laughs> she kicks the dude in the balls and then just like laughs at him, <laughs> right? And if you want to compare that to um, that flair uh, to Freya um, and the way that she kind of just she she kind of lets the protagonist just kind of like fuck her however she wants. Like she's very she's she's very much the submissive in bed. Right. And so it you overall get the impression that both um, uh, that both. in terms of sexuality and in terms of like general power dynamics, uh, the only stable relationship that does not result um, in abuse between uh, men and women is one in which uh, men are in charge. Like if women are in charge in the bedroom, um, then men get raped, right? And if uh, women are in charge um, politically, then men get beaten. So men must be in charge both politically and um, and sexually. Um, and it's very, very similar to this idea of like um, with uh, Raftalia and Naofumi of just how um, the, Raftalia being like the only good woman in the series because uh, she decides to be a slave for him. Um, it's I mean, it's it's a very, very similar ideology. I, I would say that uh, th- like literally the only difference is that like Redu likes I think Redu likes the state a lot more than Shield Hero does. But Culturally, it's the same ideology, exactly the same, and uh, economically too, of course. Um, yeah. Oh, right. Uh, the industry. Just real quick. Um, it's kind of because you know, um, Kadokawa produced both Shield Hero and Redo Healer, right? Um, yeah, Kadokawa produces a lot of shit, so it's not. I'm, I'm not necessarily saying that like Kadokawa has uh, has a track record of just like being on the production committees of like all these bad shows um but what i am saying is that um regardless of like what we think about it and regardless of its obvious uh, many flaws um financially speaking uh, shield hero was a success and the um manufactured outrage that comes out of these fucking right-wing anime youtube channels i i guess both here and in japan um it generates like revenue and it generates revenue that 
companies want to start chasing. Like, it, I've I've detailed some of the similarities between Redo and Shield Hero uh, here, um, and I will detail more when I actually write about the show, like formally. But like side by side, they are very similar shows. Like the only difference is that Shield Hero is like two cores, and Redo is one. Uh, and obviously, Redo has sex scenes, whereas Shield Hero doesn't. But like structurally, they're basically the same show, right? And so we are kind of entering an era, I think, where shows are kind of, I mean, uh, companies are like perfecting the art of like the edgy anime, right? Like they're perfecting the art of like shows that justify slavery and abuse um, just because it generates outrage and it generates clicks. Um, And these fucking shows, um, they make anime spaces unsafe. They make society worse. Um, there's not a lot we can do to like make them stop because obviously like the levers of capitalism are more than just like we can't crumble them with like a tweet or whatever. But um, it is something. It is a trend to keep in mind if you're an anime fan. And when you see like the next fucking the next fucking redo or the next fucking shield hero, just know that it's all like fucking fake bullshit just to make money. It's it's not. Redo of Healer could have stayed in in this dude's fucking personal journal, alright? He's got serious issues. He fucking hates gay people. Whatever. Keep that to your goddamn self, right? Like, it didn't need to escalate to an entire anime that that got made, okay? It didn't. Nobody likes the show. Nobody who defends it actually points out what they like about it. Like we mentioned before, they just use it to make all our spaces just more more awful right just more terrible all the way we have a new president boot to do it's joseph fine oh oh boy i can't wait for okay i'm not gonna be facetious uh uh we have um joe biden um as president as you know um and i just wanted to take a little bit of a moment to highlight uh some of the things that we Excuse me. So I just want to take a little bit of a moment to highlight some of the things that we uh, haven't necessarily seen covered in, like, I guess, the mainstream media, right? Uh, we have, uh, for example, on his um, inauguration, uh, they were uh, uh, anarchists and communists uh, protesting um, the uh, continued existence of ICE um, and its uh, for-profit concentration camps at the U.S. border, which... Joe Biden, um, despite promising he would end and end policy of family separation um, and so on and so forth, um, has not actually uh, done. Um, it's actually looking like he wants to regulate and manage them more than get rid of them, uh, which is a problem. Hmm? Yep. Yeah. Uh, we have... Uh, we have... Uh, for example, his entire cabinet, which we've talked about before, uh, which are all basically just uh, many, many people who have spent decades and decades uh, in the Clinton administration, the Obama administration, uh, as the architects of some of the worst domestic and foreign policy decisions on the planet. He is like not ideal. I suppose he's better than the actual fascists who incited a coup attempt that we saw not too long ago but that's not 
that's not a that's, that's not where we should be setting the bar and i would be highly skeptical of anyone who insists on setting the bar at not being a fascist who does coups mm-hmm. that's incredibly dishonest um but if you are just looking at the mainstream media if you are just looking at like cnn msnbc blah 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 all you're hearing about joe biden is how he's finally presidential how we finally have a press secretary who won't tell lies i mean it's her job to lie she will lie the media and admitting we've already seen that with the way they have been and this is the simplest example of the way people are talking about the stimulus check oh right and it went from we will get you two thousand dollar checks as soon as possible to we will get you um fourteen hundred dollar uh, checks to supplement the six hundred well, well well we will get you stimulus checks as soon as possible to we will get you two thousand dollar checks as soon as we win Georgia to uh, we're giving you $1,400 stimulus checks to supplement the $600. And it's all just completely facetious. Right. And of course... And the insistence, by the way, like the insistence on bipartisanship, on this on this issue and others, like the, the Democrats insist that they want things to be passed with bipartisan support, even though they control... The legislature and the presidency right they have the votes to just pass two thousand dollars but they want to compromise with republicans anyway why they say it's for unity when the reality the reality of the situation as it's always been is that the democrats need the republican party they need them as an excuse because they don't want to do any of the things that they're telling you about they need they 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 know that if they tell you that they want to do something that you want, and then they use the Republicans as an excuse for why they're not doing it, they can continue to get you to vote for them. Um, but uh, the reason why I wanted to bring up uh, politics a little bit is that um, I took some time and I re-listened uh, to all of Hamilton. Uh, and I wanted to go over real quickly, uh, I guess, some, some thoughts on... Uh, the ideology, I suppose, of Joe Biden. He had uh, that black female speechwriter write about how, like, history has its eyes on us and how, you know, blah, blah, blah. Something, something, Hamilton quote, something, something, right? Um, why do the libs love Hamilton so much? This is a question. It's, it's a genuine, earnest question. Because at its core, um, I'm not going to go into too much about, like, the historical inaccuracies of Hamilton, A, because I haven't done the research too much, and B, because um, I think it's a little bit more useful to see Hamilton more as, like, a myth that is, like, fiction written with characters. uh, It's more useful to see Hamilton as propaganda. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, But, yeah, why do... Why do... um, Why do the libs love Hamilton so much? In theory, what Hamilton is is a story about um, a revolutionary uh, who uh, creates a new society on top of the old. Um, and um, it actually is about two, right? Who kind of cross paths in different ways and have fundamental disagreements about like whether or not to stand for ideals or, um, or uh, pragmatically take stances and wait to see who wins. And then in the end, standing for ideals wins over uh, pragmatism, right? But like lives are the opposite of that right 
libs fucking love compromise and pragmatism and just saying whatever is convenient to win right that's what they do um they're they don't want to defund the police because they're concerned about messaging you know they don't want to do um they'll say 2000 checks or 1400 checks right away or in april or whatever you know because they want to be realistic you know they're not going to do the green new deal they're not going to do medicare for all they're not going to do any use policies that everyone objectively likes because they're just kind of standing wherever is convenient right and revolution liberals revolution really like they don't they don't like any of this stuff right but why do they so closely relate with hamilton well because um the the context um, of hamilton being a story about the founding of the united states is kind of what uh, makes a difference right um hamilton by by uh existing as um like a history piece it can sort of make the argument that uh the american revolution was cool but then we made the perfect country and no changes need to be made since i mean obviously there were some changes in terms of like you know like abolishing slavery and getting women the right to vote and maybe not genociding actually he doesn't even mention native american genocide that's a shame um but like all the other stuff that we've done wrong and stuff like that but like the reason why the american system is so great is because um built into the system is the mechanism to solve all of these problems right and so what hamilton wants you to do is it wants you to imagine yourself um as part of the history of the people who built this incredibly perfect and amazing system right it's not it's not always nice you know like no one uh no one wants to know how the sausage gets made like as aaron burr says right but it is um it is ultimately as good as it gets and you should be proud of being part of a tradition that has made such a wonderful and successful society right that's why the liberals fucking love it i guess the, the last thing i want to say about hamilton um is i was talking to uh, uh a couple um, black people who i know about hamilton um, who have also either seen or uh listened to it um, and i i i couldn't i couldn't help but like notice their like frustration um at the existence of hamilton because specifically because of the audience of like upper income like white people who like get to go to see it mm-hmm. in person and um the 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 the, Hamil- the hamilton fandom online is a little bit more diverse but the people who see it in theaters and who like think about this who think about hamilton as like this great american epic of like this and that like it's definitely upper it's definitely upper. something to be said about hamilton and the recuperation of hip-hop yeah so first of all, um, there were black people involved in the, the American Revolution. So the idea that you would take white people and cast them with black actors before you would write a story about the black people who were involved in the American Revolution speaks volumes. So that's like the first thing. Second thing, and more importantly, a lot of these like upper middle class like white people fucking hate rap and they hate hip hop, right? And they think these things are the reason why black people aren't getting ahead in the country and not, you know, like the 300 years of fucking systemic violence uh, against African people, both here and abroad. Right. Um, 
But they suddenly start to think, you know, rap isn't that bad. Hip hop isn't that bad. Only when um, black culture is like molded and shaped into like a propaganda weapon that like glorifies um, the wonders and the uh, the 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 virtues of American society, right? Like only when black culture falls entirely in line with hegemony. Do white people say, oh, yeah, this is cool. Have you heard Hamilton? Maybe this rap thing is pretty cool. Hey, didn't we say something about this in our previous episode when we talked about the way anime fans treat women? Oh, yeah, we did, didn't we? See, this isn't just a completely unrelated tangent about something not related to anime. It it works in every medium. Back to this the whole time. Uh, we were saying this last last episode, if you haven't heard it, and uh, about how, or was it the episode? It was mm-hmm. last episode. Frank's um, episode, right? About how there are weebs who, yeah, it was the Dark Home Black oh, episode. Oh, right, right. We talked about Gira Right, 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 the one before. Uh, fuck that guy. It wasn't the um, live episode. But anyway, yeah, it wasn't the live. Um, anyway. We talked about how in a lot of anime spaces, they're like, oh, well, we accept minorities as long as they conform to hegemony. Mm-hmm. And we see this in basically every, I want to say, reactionary space. And I'm including liberal spaces especially here because they're so reactionary. But like, it is the conditional acceptance of marginalized people, not on their own terms, but on the terms that they conform to hegemonic power structures or what is quote-unquote except expected exactly um and so uh whether it's liberal what i don't care what kind of liberalism you are whether it's like social democracy whether it's um like social liberal or whether it's conservative neoconservative neoliberal whatever at the end of the day this sort of recuperation is their fucking bread and butter when they talk about unity when they talk about like coming together as a nation to heal the divide, what they want is for you to like get in line. Luckily for us, I suppose, in heavy scare quotes, the last major thing that happened was a bunch of fascists flew like Nazi and Confederate flags in the middle of the capital and they threatened to kill a bunch of people, right? And so people are um, for now saying, well, uh, all these right wing extremists need to like unify. But in the end, when we try to make moves, when we try to demand what is rightfully ours from the government and from the system, they will turn up, they will look at us and they'll say, why are you being so disunifying? You know, why don't you want to come together with us? It is, it is the ideology of Hamilton. It's the ideology of um, uh, terrible anime fans. It's the ideology of politicians um, to say, oh, yeah, of course, of course. America accepts America accepts all, you know, colors, races, relations, regardless of gender orientation, blah, 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 blah. You know, as long as you conform to the fundamental principles of this country, which are, uh, we're in charge and you're not, fuck you, right? <laughs> That's the Constitution. Yeah, um, or if we even look at, like, for example, uh, uh, trans mm. people, right? It's, uh, we ex- it's, in a lot of popular spaces if we accept trans trans people as long as they conform to like very conventional gender standards 
of what we expect trans people to be as opposed to right. like you know all of the different variations and expressions of gender there are uh, something workers of the world unite you have nothing to lose but your chains um next segment uh okay uh we are almost done here but we wanted to make a special announcement about this podcast uh it's it's guess um we're trying to find uh, a couple of people who have either expressed interest in coming on the podcast or we think may be interested in coming on the podcast to talk about things mm-hmm. um but after that we would like to uh continue to have guests on podcasts because um guests are cool so if you have an anime or anime culture related idea or specialty um that it you're into it doesn't even have to really be anime like at this point I like think we just talked just... about hamilton like, we'll gladly talk about politics because, of course, politics influences our lives. There was a really good tweet I saw a while ago about how, mm-hmm. like, we need to put the same amount of critical thinking skills we do into figuring out who would beat who in an anime fight into, like, <laughs> working towards collective liberation. I think yeah. about that a lot. Um, yeah, yeah. Just as long as it... If you've seen a couple of these episodes, I think you you have a good feeling of, like, the kind of stuff that would work in our podcast. Um, So, anyway, if you send us a DM on Twitter or in our Discord, you should have already seen the link for that, um, Mm -hmm. which is uh, in the uh, description of wherever you're listening listening to this to. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You can uh, tell us, like, your your name what do you or i guess like what you prefer to be called um your uh the thing that you want to do i guess like the thing that you want to talk about with and and... i want to add that in fact we encourage you to talk about things to bring up ideas that um we wouldn't normally talk about because our goal is to create a left-wing anime space, but the two of us have very like limited perspectives in the sort of things we have yeah. gone through in our lives and the sort of things we are generally experienced with and talk about. So, right. I mean, Rago and I grew up together um, for the most part in the same neighborhood, and then, uh, we went to the same schools. Um, we don't have exactly the All same tastes and everything, but our tastes are really, really, really similar, um, and we're not like the exact same flavor of communist but we did we literally both became communists at like around the same time right we we radicalized each other it was very funny (laughs) yeah we both i I remember that we were like talking first yeah yeah you were definitely radicalized before me um (laughs) but like we were kind of talking and we're like isn't capitalism kind of like not great i don't like it you're like yeah (laughs) it sucks God, I remember back when I called myself a leftist because I didn't want to be associated with socialist. I was so, uh, was so I remember cringe. when I actively held reactionary opinions, and I don't want to remember it. <laughs> I want to. I wish I could just erase that part of my history, to be honest. But I mean, I, I guess past me was good enough to eventually become present me. So maybe he doesn't get nuked. <laughs> Okay, but anyway, the the point is, um, we have 
we have a, a kind of narrow breadth of things that we're like good at talking about. So if there's something that would fit on the podcast, but um, maybe isn't necessarily in our lane, let us know. And we can't make any promises, but if it'll work, we will commit to an actual promise to get on a Discord call and record together. Yeah, and we will also obviously like we're going if you want more details or like talk about what this entails, stuff like uh, compensating you for your labor because I don't know. Oh yeah, we're sure. doing our best. Uh, we can always work that out, and it is, we're just doing things and stuff. And it would be cool if there were other people doing things and stuff with us. Yeah, I think that's the end of the episode. Um, it should be a little, a little stuffed, a little chonky, but um, I think uh, y'all deserve it for sticking with us and uh, walking, welcoming us back in 2021. Um, if you uh, like the show, uh, make sure to follow uh, me and Raghava on Twitter. Our links are in the description. Uh, you can also join our Discord. It's like the third time now you're gonna say it but please do it's fun it's cozy um uh it, 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 I, I treat the discord like the twitter but like more informal <laughs> so if you want to talk to me about stuff and you want to talk to Rago about stuff you can just be in there um oh i also do a lot of um we do a lot of political stuff that doesn't necessarily like fit in tweets right so there's that and it's also just a space, like, if you need help with something, um, if you want a community, if you're, like, a content creator and you're looking for, like, new people to, like, give your stuff to, uh, there's, like, good place to network. I know, like, a couple of people in there are, like, starting a podcast um, as well. You'll, of course, hear about it on my Twitter when they release it. Um, uh, and if you want to help us continue to afford our uh, hosting service and... Uh, if you just like what we're doing in general, uh, you can donate to the Patreon. Yeah, cool. That being said, um, my name is Mo Black. My pronouns are he, him, and his. Uh, I'm not going to let my pronouns are anything other than he or she, and I'm very tired. Yeah, me too. See ya. See ya.